And I agree. I think like as an or if you're an organizational leader or you know even a familial leader, like I I agree with you. There's, there's definitely like lessons to take from this, you know. And then also on the flip side is like for yourself, right? For your own, if you are running the business or you maybe you're the only person in your business, you need to like recognize yourself and appreciate your own efforts and like the days you work hard, even when you don't see the results that day. Pat yourself on the back mentally. How often do right? people do that too? You know, like that. Right. All right. Welcome to the Team Conquer the World podcast. We are Team CTW. My name is Nick Learman. This is my partner, the beautiful, the gorgeous, the wonderful, the smart, the intelligent, the amazing Erica Webster, who's very serious now. <laughs> we are both proud veterans and hardworking entrepreneurs. And we started the show to highlight the folks out there that are looking to conquer their own world, talk about our struggles trying to conquer our world. And whether it's business, politics, science, nonprofits, we're not here just to gas people up or gas ourselves up. We don't not out looking for high fives. We want to talk about the hard stuff, the failures, the challenges. When things go sideways, what do world conquerors do? How do they overcome adversity? And we hope that to inspire and be inspired by these stories and help you conquer your own world. What's going on, Mama? What's going on? Uh, nothing. It's been a little. It's been a little crazy. Uh, I don't know about you. I just woke up from a nap, so my head's a little. Uh, it's getting a little crushed here. I was definitely not napping. Oh, definitely not napping. There was definitely not ninety minutes <laughs> sleeping in our bedroom. No, for sure. Woke up in a panic. Um, how's business? What's what's new since our last episode? Um, not much is new. So you know, I had that meeting with my business mentor. Um, so just still working on stuff. We just started an October challenge and everybody seems to be pretty motivated. Classes are full, which I love. I hope the momentum keeps up. Um, how does that work when you like, what do you mean? What's an October challenge at dub? Um, so actually this is the teacher and me coming out. I guess I created, um, weekly challenges for people to accomplish for points. And I put them on like teams and I broke the teams up one based off of, um, class attendance. So I tried to mix like the AM class people with the PM class people so that they can get to know each other cause they never get to see each other. Um, and then people who go to class seven times a week versus people who go three times a week, I mix them up. So it'd be fair. Uh, and it's just kind of like, you know, sometimes people just need like a kickstart. So like team so, versus team, basically. Like yeah. So there's five teams train the most. and I just label them by color and I created score sheets and they get points for showing up for class. They get points for doing, they have to do so many pushups every day and each week it increases. So it starts at 25 then 35, 45, 55. It has to be video proof. Um, their mileage increases each week. So they start off at a mile and they finish at three doing five Ks every day. Um, and then at the end of October, every year we do what's called spirit week and it's all for, um, we raise money for, um, breast cancer awareness because October is breast cancer awareness month. So one day is like called pink out. We wear all pink and, um, we finish with a bring your own pumpkin and costume workout. So the pumpkin becomes the kettlebell in the workout. So it's really fun. So it's, again, like I said, it's a way to get everybody back out. It was a rough summer when we talked about it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it seems to be working. Not that I'm tricking them to come in, but sometimes people just need a little motivation. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things I love like watching what goes on at dub is like, is one, it's definitely a community, right? It's not just a workout. And I, to me, that's something that I think 
a lot of the, the ladies over there like to, that gravitate to, and I, which I totally get. Like it's easier to come and work out when it's part of like your social outlet too, right? Those are people you love and want to be around. Like, and I think you do a really good job of cultivating that. And then it seems, seems like there's always something like fun going on at dub. You know what I mean? Like it's not just show up and here's the program program workout. You know, there's lots of challenges and there's lots of different activities and things to like keep things fresh, um, yeah. you know, which I think is really, really cool. So well, that's the whole, you know, idea like when I, I feel like I always tell people dub is an experience, not an explanation because of that community mentality. Like if you're coming into the gym to get six pack abs, like, yeah, I can give those to you, but that's not the only thing that we're doing. So be prepared to be forced into social engagements like this. One of my members, um, she's super, super introverted and she's been coming for a couple of years and she even just commented on this because she had bronchitis. So she missed the signups and asked if she could join. It was just a day late. And I said, yeah. And she goes, I can't believe you're forcing me to be in group texts and like show up and do things with people. And I'm actually doing it. Um, and those are like the small, like the, you know, the NSVs for me, like the non-scale victories, right? Like it's those things where like these people want to be around each other and they want to be a part of the gym. Um, and I had to remind myself that on like bad days that it's not always about the bottom line, you know, as much as making money is good, it's, 100%. it's helping other people. hundred percent. And did you just coin that term NSV non-scale victory? No, I've never heard of that. It's a meathead term. Oh, <laughs> see, I, I, it's an I, industry term. <laughs> uh, uh, so cool. Uh, well, it's pretty awesome. So something to look forward to for October, right? Yeah. And off to a good start. You know, yeah. then I burn off some extra calories ahead of Halloween and all that candy that's getting guzzled. Yeah, I don't I, mean, I don't know if you noticed, but I also, um, in our calendar, committed to myself to doing five workouts a day. Five workouts a day. <laughs> <laughs> five workouts a week. Um, not not because, like, my doctor told me to or anything. Everything's fine. Um, I just, I, I feel like I can never be, like, on the sidelines. And I don't want to be a do, as I say, not as I do kind of thing. And as exhausted as I am. I committed to doing at least 20 minutes a day. So, yeah. uh, and that stuff is also, it's also so like self fulfilling too. Like once you do it, then you feel better about yeah. it and you want to do it. Right. And then you want to work out more Then you feel better. And because you feel better, you want to work out more and because you're working out more, you feel even better. Like it's yeah. well, especially yeah. pregnancy, Erica, this is my, um, I have to earn my nap. Like that's how I told, like I'm going to do, I have early morning clients, drop off the baby, train, work, come home, work out. And then I can earn my, my, my little sleep. I dig it. I dig it. What's up with you? Uh, what is up with me? Uh, it's been a wild 24 hours, uh, like super busy. Um, on the law side, I settled a big client today. Um, Thank just, God. That was like stressing me out. Yeah, it's been a long <laughs> time. Listen, um, you know, one of the things I love about what I get to do, you know, and having a law degree is like getting to help people out. Um, but I'm not going to lie. It's it, There are times where it is stressful AF. You know, it's the nature of my business is, you know, you're helping people that are having their worst day, right? When shit is gone, like, can you talk about shit going sideways when you've had a massive health problem? Um, you know, in this particular case, um, my client had, had got COVID COVID ended up causing a stroke, which is obviously it's a, it's a lifelong uh, disability, right? Yeah. He is going to have repercussions for this for the rest of his life. Um, and despite the fact that he had worked for decades for his employer, they just dropped him like a bad habit. Um, and I had no idea what his options were. Um, and, you know, I'm super grateful that people like that reach out and that, that I have the opportunity to help. 
but man, you know, it's, there's a lot riding on it, you know, and there's a lot of emotional energy. There's a lot of financial energy, you know, a lot of resources get invested into it. Um, but it feels really good. You know, I, you know, we get a good result and I, I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, on there are, uh, firms out there that, you know, you're just a number. Um, and I'm super grateful that I get to call the, you know, this particular client is especially like somebody he like became my friend yeah. and, you know, we talk all the time and, um, he's very happy with how it ended and I'm very happy with how it went. Um, so, and so, yeah, it's a little bit of a weight lifted, um, being, having that done. Um, and then I got to do something cool yesterday. We got to, into, uh, uh, one of our partners for team foster invited yesterday, me. So it'll be, um, Monday. yeah, Monday night. Good call. Thank you. Um, Monday night had to drive out to Hershey for the greater, or excuse me, for the Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce thing, which was interesting. Um, one, there's like 1,500 representatives from businesses across the state, which obviously is it's a lot of folks. Um, but then they had uh, speakers from each of the political parties. They had a, a candidate for U.S. Senate from one party. They had a candidate for governor from the other party. Um, they had Chris Christie was there, Donna Brazil, the former Democratic uh, Convention chairman. Um, so, yeah, some really heavy, like, Big profile names, so lots of interesting discussions that was going on, which was cool. Um, but it was just late. <laughs> got in. It was after eleven o'clock last night, and then I was up, and then I got to do something cool this morning, which is go teach at Chester High School for uh, an organization called the Right Legacy, uh, which is focused on providing access to the legal occupation um, to under underfunded and under-resourced schools. So I got to go talk about the law down there, which is really neat. You know, it's really neat getting high school students asking, having them ask questions about what does the fourth amendment mean? What does the criminal process looks like? Uh, what does it look like? Um, yeah, there's just a lot. Like the last 24 hours been a little bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, but it's funny in these moments, um, you know, Erica sent over an article and the art name of the article, it's in the Washington post. Uh, and I'm not going to steal Erica's thunder. I'm going to let her explain it. But the name of the article is The Brain Loves a Challenge. Here's why. I am uh, not explaining it. Um, this is why we are re-recording. <laughs> <laughs> this is take two. I, don't, I think I may have mentioned that. Um, but it's by an author by the name of Richard Sima. Um, but it talks about, yeah, it, what, what, how are people designed? And can you program yourself to embrace hard work and to embrace the effort? Um, because one of the things, and I'll let you tell me what the first thing that jumped out at you. The first thing that jumped out at me was, oh, lots of people are lazy and I'm lazy too. Um, and I was like, that almost made me feel better. It was reassuring because sometimes I do. I'm like, man, why am I not working harder? Why do I want not? Why am I avoiding work? Um, but the way this article is written is based on like humans are hardwired. Animals are hardwired to, you know, sort of take the path of least resistance. Um well, I think that what first caught my attention was because we're always looking to better ourselves and, you know, not compete so much with others, but competing with ourselves and our our results is that this article, the research being done is to figure out how to train oneself to be more effortful is what the what the the basis of it is. Like how do we train ourselves to do hard stuff and be motivated to do it, enjoy doing it because most people when something hard comes up, you're like, you drag your feet or you bitch about it for three days before you do it. And like we're culprits of the stupid email, the, the oh, email, procrastinating like, like a mofo. And then you do yeah. it and you're like, that was 
I didn't, why did I bitch about that? Literally for three days. It took me three <laughs> minutes to yep. delete 50 of them. You know what I mean? Um, so like the, in my, what I took away, what my favorite verbiage is, and then we can discuss, um, is that people are willing to pay more for an object they built themselves than the same object built by experts. I loved that line. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's so interesting. That you grabbed that one. I, it's yeah. I, and I think it, it to me it seems I don't know if intuitive is wrong, but it definitely resonates with me. That's and so that, funny. That and we're this, not lying. <laughs> um, yeah, that, like this idea that like you will value things that that you have more. You will value things more that you where there had been more of your effort has been expended. Um, and I guess and it makes sense to me, right? Because I do, I have appreciated over you know the years of my life that people do not value free things, right? When you hand somebody something, oh, yeah. for free, they, it is worthless. It doesn't, and it doesn't matter if it's a, a gym, t-shirt, a gym membership, a car. I don't give a like, shit. Yeah, yeah. It does. If you can somebody something for free, it is, it is not valued in the same way versus, I mean, this is, it's just fascinating to me. What I've, I think they provided an example, but yeah, if you like, it was Ikea for an Yeah. If you build <laughs> Ikea, they call it the, yeah, they called it the Ikea effect. <laughs> if you build a piece of furniture, you Which, will, by the way, let's talk about how difficult Ikea furniture is for those who have never purchased Ikea furniture. Is there, is there, are there human beings know, that have never purchased Ikea can, furniture? <laughs> listen, you, you, you wonder, so you go through your maze, you pick out your furniture and you have to go down to like the basement part to pick up your item. And it's in a small box. You're like, wow. The smallest box ever, all the time. <laughs> You're like, it's not going to be so bad. There's not that many pieces. And it's then, only an inch thick. I don't oh God. You go home and <laughs> millions of pieces yeah, and yeah. like the worst instructions ever. However, we keep buying Ikea furniture, not in like in the we sense, but like in the we is in the world. Anyway, so yeah. carry on. That's, I just want to, those who have never shot at Ikea, there are yeah. some people I'm sure. But, and basically what, the, what they're what they suggesting or what the research shows is that if you were to buy a coffee table and put it from Ikea and put it together, you will value that table more than you would the table that you bought at the more expensive place next door that is shipped and put together for you, um, which is fascinating. If you think about it, I mean, even so we can this secret. So I'm, you're paying for me to get my car detailed tomorrow for my birthday. And not that I'm not going to take care of it, but like the last time that I did that myself, like before I was pregnant, I used to, before my car got old and I didn't care anymore. I used to take hours and work on my car and I would like not give rides to people. I'm like, no, no one's getting in the car. Like I need a week of it to at least looking nice. And now like, I know that I'll let people get in my car after tomorrow because I didn't have to put in the sweat, the work, the effort, yeah. break my nails. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it may sound silly, but it's true because I didn't do right. the work. Right. I don't care. Well, and I think more to the point, right? Right. Is that you'll get in that car and you're like, Oh, it's nice. It, you know, it looks good. It smells good. But if you had done it yourself, you'd get in that next time. And be like, ah, I did like, this. Yeah. yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like, like mowing the lawn like releases the serotonin. Yeah. It's, it's wild. So I, I think that's definitely, that was a big takeaway. Um, you know, we talked about the fact that like people, you know, are inherently lazy. There's a section that says that there's some studies that show that people will endure physical pain over mental strain, mm. which is holy shit. Right. Yeah. You think about like, what I'm, I am that person, people that will, you'd rather experience and i don't mean you and like the humans out there would rather be physically uncomfortable than think 
That's what that means. Yes. Like then, then analyze. That's fucking bonkers. And I, and I'm not judging because I've been there. I'm sure I've done it. When you say it out loud or when I hear myself say it out loud, that's fucking crazy. So like thinking, right? So and again, we're going to put, I, I, w- I would like to put examples to why I feel this way. So when I did the 20,000 burpees in, uh, in one month, and I'm thinking about how much I hate doing like our budget and our spreadsheets. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I will do, I will do burpees for an hour while you budget. Like if that was like an equivalent, I would rather put pain on my body and sweat and throw up and puke and be sore than have to sit there and figure out numbers. And I don't know if that's just preference because it's, because it's difficult for me, mm-hmm. but burpees are also difficult for me. It's just a different, I just enjoy that difficulty. I enjoy that pain. So does that separate me from like, cause not everybody loves the burpee pain, right? So like, but like, so say you hate burpees and you also hate math, which is the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Why does my brain pick that? Like why am I? Well, I think it, to me, I, I think it's a combination. Cause it, so the root or the, I guess the, like the, the real takeaway from the article is they, they talk about, there's a multiple studies where they've um, asked people to they've measured how how hard they are working on a particular problem, mm-hmm. and then they measured it and based and they would reward Board. the how hard that person was working. So the harder they worked, then they would get more of a reward. And then they did. Then the next day, they're like, "Hey, there's no rewards, but you get to pick how hard you want to work on this next problem yeah. set." And the people who got rewarded for working harder the day before would then voluntarily choose a harder, harder. effort the next yeah. day, even without a reward. So basically saying like, if you reward not just the outcome, but if you reward yourself or, in, you know, I think children's a great example. If you reward the effort, effort yes. you are encouraging them to continue to put forth more effort, um, which in a lot of ways makes sense, right? Like I know I have this conversation with Madeline all the time, you know, where, you know, she's on the soccer field or doing, you know, we're at the gym, rock climbing gym. And it's like, listen, I want you to get to the fucking top. I want you to score goals. But what I, what I really get excited about is when I see her busting her tail, right? Like last practice we were at, she got done and she's just, her face is flush. She's sweating her tail off. And I'm like, and I was like, yes, like that's fucking all. I, I wasn't cursing at her, but I was just like, that's awesome. In the hopes that like you, you know, I obviously didn't put it in clinical terms, but in the hopes that like, that I can ter- encourage her to want to work again in the future. Um, but it's, it's also kind of wild that it seems like it, the base, this article is saying that it applies to adults as well. So I'm thinking like in the business, you know, we talk business, nonprofit, whatever, if you are a leader, like this is a good, I think it's a good article to read. Cause it also, it hyperlinks so many different studies and different, um, examples of what you can do. There's so many, like I kept clicking and going down rabbit holes. Um, but psychologically, it's almost like you can get get people to do what you want based on your reward system, based on how you handle the situation. And so, um, and we know that a lot of the stuff that we do, a lot of the training, a lot of the physical fitness part of it too, is definitely mental and tapping into that weird like hundred uh, percent um, part of your brain that a lot of people can't tap into. And I think this is kind of showing that if if you're trying to motivate maybe somebody else or inspire employees to be successful, it's, it's a reward. You have to create like a reward system. It doesn't need to be monetary. It doesn't need to be, but even just like accolades or acknowledgement because that one person who's maybe sitting in a cubicle that gets no attention, it doesn't feel like doing their job anymore. It can influence, but that one 
going over and patting them on the back or, yep. you know, saying good job. And, um, but I, I did think it was really interesting that the study with, um, them wanting more of a challenge. I'm curious if it was because like the, I'm sure like, and again, these hyperlinks, but because they were already were rewarded, was that their inspiration? Like, what if there's more of a reward? Like they're just doing it. Maybe they, we were tricking them and they think that there is going to be a reward. So they want to work harder. I don't know. And like, it's just, the brain is so funny the way that it, it works that I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's just, and I agree. I think like as an, or if you're an organizational leader or, you know, even a familial leader, like I, I agree with you. There's, there's definitely like lessons to take from this, you know? And then also on the flip side is like for yourself, right. For your own, if you are running the business or you own, maybe you're the only person in your business, you need to like recognize yourself and appreciate your own efforts. And like the days you work hard, even when you don't see the results that day, pat yourself on the back mentally. How often right? do people do that too? You know, like that. Right. It, you, that's the, and that's how you, cause that's the way you gotta keep, you have to keep grinding, right? We have to keep grinding <laughs> and you need to develop your own sort of internal um, reward structure, or even if it's just telling yourself like that self-talk, like, Hey, I did it. I did a great job. Like, um, and I think it, what other thing that I think this speaks to, and it talks about in the article is the effort paradox. So basically this idea that like humans or animals avoid putting forth effort, but then can also can be trained to enjoy, right? So you're trying to avoid it, but you can also be trained to enjoy it. So like, you know, I know at least in, you know, in the sports world, have you ever heard the term, uh, type two fun? Not since before this article. Oh no, you'd never. Okay. So, no. so type two fun, uh, for our listeners, uh, at least the way I would describe it is, is when you are doing something that's hard and in the moment it's, it doesn't feel enjoyable. So like climbing a mountain's a good, a, a good example, right? When people climb mountains for fun, like there's no other fucking reason to do it, yeah. right? Other than because it's there. Like that's that's a cl- like a prototypical of type two fun is because you climb it and it's not fun. It hurts and it's painful and it's dangerous. And then you get finished and you do it and you look back and go, "Oh my god, that was so much fun." That's, that's it's called. I so that's yeah. interesting. Or marathons are another example. A lot of times, you know, people actually doing marathons, you know, or like you know, ultra distance running, uh, long distance triathlons, like all of these things, like these yeah. hard things, a lot of times it's referred to as type two fun because it's interesting. So like, it's just a field I'm in that I've never heard that reference. We just say that we're idiots and we're like, Oh, the race is over. We forget yeah. how hard it was. Let's do another one. No, it's, it's got a whole name. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I, I think it's one of those things I experience, like you'll see like in training, right? Like tomorrow it's day two for my, my last injection. So I can, I can start training tomorrow and I've got a speed workout. Dude, speed workouts suck in the moment. Right. But I, I've sort of crossed over to the other side that like, I am looking forward to how hard it's going to be. Cause I know how good that's going to feel when I'm done, even though like not, and yes, it'll help me get ready for my half iron. Yes. Like there's longer term benefits, but that's not, that's not what I get excited about. Yeah. I get excited about it being getting up fucking early, right. Before everybody else is working hard and like, I, but so, at the same time, if you tell me something like, oh my God, your lungs are going to burn and your legs are going to hurt and it's going to vomit. Yeah, that, like that doesn't sound, that's not fun. So, so like is 40 hours of labor type two fun. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, did right. You? We, we did it again. I mean, uh, because the outcome is f- fun. It's good. We love the outcome. Yeah, but you, you wouldn't, you want, but you just want the outcome. 
I don't think that experiencing 40, you wouldn't go out and choose to experience 40 hours of labor if you didn't produce a child. Right. So that's type two fun is like, there's not necessarily an out. Oh, you're just doing it. Right. So like a long day, like marathon racing, right? Like you're not, yes, you're getting to the finish, but that's not, you're not getting an outcome per se. Right. Other than that you did. Yeah. You're right. right? So if 40, experiencing 40 hours of labor (laughs) just for labor's sake, (laughs) If, that, Say that if you, you want to do that again, yeah, then that's, <laughs> that's some type two fun. Um, reminds me of CrossFit. Yeah. Like I want to be the best CrossFitter. <laughs> that, anyway, not to digress, but I, uh, so a buddy of ours, um, he makes fun of the fact that I enjoy triathlon training. He's like, you're basically just trying to be the best worker outer. <laughs> like, he's like, you're not an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, bro, just because I'm not hitting a fucking golf ball or a baseball doesn't yeah. mean it's not athletic. But there, and there's, there's <laughs> um, measurements in fitness, yeah. which I, you know, it's a, people make fun of. But he's, go, but it's an example yeah. where he doesn't, he doesn't think it's fun, right? The, the training, right? Yeah. He's like, you know, you're just basically, yeah, the best worker out. He's like, he doesn't enjoy that process. He'd rather do math problems. <laughs> <laughs> he's an attorney. They're fucking miserable <laughs> people. Boring. You know, yeah. Lame. Um, so, yeah, so I think this is, I, to me, I think as a person, I think it explains the way, you know, people like you and I, and I think a lot of our listeners, the way we function, I think there's like some great takeaways as leaders um, and also some really great reminders for ourselves. Like, listen, you can, you, for instance, right, finance, you could probably train yourself to enjoy oh, the process of finances. I think, yeah, yeah and and I do it with myself too, especially like if I'm investing in, you know, when I, I put my money into a Roth or my traditional and I see the money it makes, like that's, I think that's maybe my reward, right? You see what's happening. It's good to count money. When I was a kid, when I used to go to my dad's house on the weekend, I'd be like, open the safe. Can I count my money? And like, I would count my money and like there'd be like 10 extra dollars in there because I'd mow the lawn or something, but it was exciting. So like the money counting that, that activity of doing the math and doing that the reward was seeing how much more I made. So I think it's just maybe motivation depending on how it's presented. Um, but I really want to, I want to discuss this with other people. So I posted this in my gym group. Um, hopefully some people bite and start talking about it and we're going to share it in our um, show notes, the link so that. When I think, and I'm just going to ask this live, should we post it up on a social before the article goes up? So that people can reference it. Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. All right. So then we'll hop. We'll have a either Palmer or one of our some part of our production team. Um, <laughs> we'll post it up on our social, so you can read the so article. You'll see it first. Yeah. yeah. Sh- share your thoughts. You know, and then when you're so when you're listening, as you are now, you can chat with us yeah. via your car. We won't hear you, <laughs> but we're there in spirit. No, yeah, we love hearing your stories um, and sharing your opinions with us. So go ahead and email us at teamctwpod at gmail.com or you can at us at all the socials at teamctwpod. Yep, this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at Tricycle Cafe and Bike Shop in beautiful Conshohocken, Pennsylvania and Bello John in West Philadelphia. Thanks to those guys for sponsoring us. Veteran-owned, minority-owned, phenomenal place to get a cup of coffee or, of course, grab your new bike, get your bike worked on. Uh, That is certainly where the Team CTW team takes all of our gear. And, of course... Thank you to our boy Palmer who keeps us on track. Listen, uh, I know that we've been a little sporadic lately, but Palmer grabbed us. He reeled us in this week and he said, yo guys, get on your shit. I don't care. You're pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he said to me. He just said, get out of your fucking feelings, Learman. Um, 
but no, seriously, uh, we couldn't do this without Palmer and the Palm Tree Network of Podcasts. Uh, we're super grateful to be working with him. And if you're thinking about starting your own podcast or have your own podcast, by all means, check out Palmer and his team. Uh, and until next time, I'm Nick. I'm Erica. We're out. <laughs>